Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love, linked in the show notes. So really think first objective-wise before you decide on a channel, because I feel like so much of that is just, I saw this person doing it, now I want to do it too. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. This week's We Are LA Tech shout out goes to Phil Plumley. Phil, thank you so much for being supportive of We Are LA Tech for years now. Love that you're a listener and that you really appreciate the work that we're doing. Be sure to say hello to Phil on Instagram at wolfhound27. That's W-O-L-F-H-O-U-N-D 27. Tell him you discovered him on the We Are LA Tech podcast. Join thousands of people in L.A. Tech on our We Are L.A. Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities, and even housing. Go to wearelatech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's wearelatech.com slash community. So a little language learning tip. I've been studying Spanish throughout this whole pandemic. It was my first language, but I did forget it and I've been missing it. And so I've been taking Spanish lessons through a site called italki. It's been amazing. It's the letter I talk, letter I again.com. It's so great. Highly recommend that you uh, check out the site if you're jiving to learn a new language. Let's see if I can get, let's see. Me llamo Spri. I sound so silly. Oh, I can't do this right now. It's 4 a.m. This is my third personal spot for the night, preparing all the episodes for the podcast. Maybe I'll speak Spanish to you in a future episode. For now, enjoy the next one. Bye. companies and events. It is awesome to be back. And we have Kim. Welcome. Hi there. How you doing? Good. So excited to have you. Why don't you jump into it and go ahead, let everybody know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So my name is Kim Kohatsu. I am the founder of Charles Ave Marketing. It's a company that began back in 2013. And what I basically do is I help small businesses and startups with their marketing efforts. I like to think of Charles Ave as the Madison Ave of small businesses. Love it. And when did you start your company? I started it in 2013. So I've been um, doing this for over seven years now, but I've been in advertising and marketing for much longer than that. So I'm going on 20 years. My first job in tech was at a telecom startup called Toll Free Forwarding, which is over by LAX. Then I was laid off after some cutbacks. And so I worked uh, for a time at Call Fire, uh, which is in Santa Monica. 
And then it was shortly after that, that I started Charles F. Marketing. And then through Charles F. Marketing, I've been working with a couple of other tech startups. So one is called Menuism. That's also out here in LA. It's almost like a Yelp competitor. I spend uh, quite a bit of time on PicFu, which is another tech company that is like an online survey solution. And what have you found about the culture of technology? Because your main passion and interest is marketing and advertising. So in the tech space, like what have you found about the culture that's really attracted you to want to be a part of that world? I think what it is more than anything is the pace. I think what happens in advertising is that you do a lot of work for work's sake. So you come up with a lot of concepts that you present to your creative director, and then your creative director pairs it down and you work on them again, and then you present to the client and then the client, you know, comes back and there's just a lot of work that doesn't go anywhere. And what I like about tech is that it's so much more open to experimentation. You can move much more quickly and, you know, if it doesn't work, you can try again. And I think that that has always been really attractive in that, you know, it just doesn't feel like you're just spinning your wheels for no reason. Totally. What goes into the day-to-day of running a marketing and advertising agency? I think, you know, my company is a little bit different because I feel like what a lot of agencies do is they are basically lead gen machines that then just farm out their work to a lot of contractors. And what I have really done is even though, yes, I use some contract help and, you know, anytime I need a certain skill set, I hire, I really try to become an extension of the companies that I work with. So like I mentioned, I've been in business since 2013 and I have clients that go back all the way to 2013. And I think that that's really unheard of in marketing. So I try not to think of myself so much as an agency. I really try to embed myself in those companies, get to learn their businesses, get to learn their customers. And what that means is I have a shorter client roster, but it's a meaningful client roster because I have very in-depth relationships with the clients that I work with. So you mentioned, you know, who am I working with? I, you know, I mentioned PickFu which is one of uh, my tech clients. So that is, you know, like a really quick way to run, you know, online focus groups. And then I have a client that I work with that's based out of Indianapolis called American College of Education. And they are an online university, uh, mostly for master's and doctoral degrees. And I've been working with them for over five years. And then I have uh, a finance client called Liberty SBF. I do still do freelance work with some ad agencies. I do work with Wiener Schnitzel. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. So it's tech. It's not tech. It's a pretty interesting mix. Tell us a little bit more about PickFu, if you don't mind. For your agency, I wanted to use the word an outsource CMO. Does that land with you? Absolutely. It's funny because my title at PickFu actually is CMO. And I didn't want to make an assumption. I was like, I'm about to say this, but what if it's okay? This is perfect. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. And, you know, I was telling somebody just this afternoon, you know, I feel like if my relationship with PickFu had just started today, I mean, they would have wanted somebody full time. But I was in the door early enough and I grew kind of with the company that it's unconventional to have kind of, like you say, an outsourced CMO, but, you know, that's where we are and that's what works for us. So it's been really cool. And what goes into your day-to-day for PickFu? 
so the company is growing. And so when we started, I was doing a lot of the content creation. So I was writing the blogs and I was doing, you know, the, the slide decks and all that kind of stuff. And now that we are growing as a company, I'm doing much more management and strategy. So it's all about, okay, how do we make our channels more effective? What can we do to hone this messaging? How can we make, you know, the communications clearer? And so I feel like, you know, I am starting to bring new team members in and really train them on where we're trying to go, as well as kind of just taking a look at the overall picture holistically. So you live in an area, I mean, we all know the USC area, but you live in West Adams, which I had never even heard of, and I'm born and raised LA. (laughs) Why did you choose West Adams? That's the, the problem with LA is there's so many different choices. Nobody knows which choice to pick for themselves. Well, I'll back up quite a ways. I'm not from California originally. I grew up on the East Coast. And it was a job about 15 years ago that brought me out to California. And I lived and I worked in Orange County for a while because, you know, I'm from the D.C. suburbs. I kind of assumed that Orange County was to L.A. what my town, Springfield, Virginia, is to D.C. And boy, was I wrong. So I spent a couple of years living in uh, Orange County and I just had to get out of there. I hated it. And I moved to Culver City because that was where... I'll be totally honest that there was this bar that I, I still hang out at to this day. And I wanted to just be near that bar. And so I was living in Culver city and I love Culver city and I still love Culver city, but I decided to buy a house and this was back in 2016. And I had never heard of West Adams either. I don't know. Some people don't consider Culver City the West Side, but I do. And I'm very like West Side snobby, but I can't afford anything there. And I got to know this neighborhood that is very cool. I mean, my house was built um, in 1920. So it's an old neighborhood, but my street is gorgeous. Like it's idyllically lined with palm trees. And when I say it's idyllic, I mean, it gets closed off all the time for video shoots because this is the picture people have of LA in their minds. You can drive down my street and you see all of these like beautiful craftsman houses, all of these gorgeous palm trees. And I think what is happening to a lot of the restaurants and really cool places that we will hopefully someday be able to go into again, they can't afford the rents, you know, in, in all of those West side locations. And so they're, they're moving further East. And so, yeah, West Adams is definitely very up and coming, very hip, but not hip, like hipster. Like it's not obnoxious yet. I'm sure it'll get there eventually, but it's not there yet. So it is a very cool area. Like where I'm at is a, a neighborhood called Jefferson Park specifically. It's very cool. And and it's very close to everything. I mean, even though I just admitted I have a West Side bias, I've, I've also learned to really appreciate Koreatown. I think it's really awesome. And I still am close enough to my Culver City bar to go there all the time. And I love it. And recently, you're now running the marketing and advertising kind of events category, contributing to the Forbes Business Council. Tell us more about that. Definitely. So I joined the Forbes Business Council when it launched in LA, I believe in 2018. It was a, a new network that's nationwide. And I think in the interest of trying to make it more valuable for members, they are starting to do more micro communities. So There is this Los Angeles chapter, which 
you know, before COVID, we could meet in person and we could have events in person with speakers. But what I think was happening, it was such a broad array of expertise and, you know, types of business that it was almost too general. And so what they're doing now is they're starting um, more micro communities, one of which I'm the chair of, and that is the PR and marketing segment. So it's just getting going. It's a brand new thing, but they're also doing it for things like HR and other kinds of um, segments like that so that we can connect with, you know, people in in our um, industry that are kind of going through the same things that we are. And you could just Google search it. We'll include it in the show notes as well, Forbes Business Council. What would be one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever gotten? Ooh, just in general or like... For your career. Let's keep it career. Okay. (laughs) I think one of the things that we can fall into is forgetting who we're talking to. And I think that so much of marketing and advertising is talking to ourselves you know, either as the ad agency or as the brand or, you know, whoever it is. And I feel like you always want to think about who your customer is and where they're coming from. So not just from a media perspective, not just, you know, what websites are they on or what shows are they watching, but what do they need to hear? And, you know, trying to make that interesting for them versus interesting for you. So talking to your audience rather than talking at them. Love it. And on that note, Before we start to wrap up, top three tips, like not basic tips, like really good, extra delicious stuff for people needing to market right now. They could be anything, like anything that you could think it could be like blog related, SEO related, just like top three things that it's not something you'd catch on your everyday blog. Okay. So the first thing I would say is really think about your goals and realize that a channel is not a goal. So a lot of people will come to me and they'll say, we need to do a Facebook ads campaign, or we need to write this blog, or we need to do whatever. And it's, you know, take a step back. Why do you have to do it in that format? What are you trying to accomplish? So really think first objective wise before you decide on a channel, because I feel like so much of that is just, I saw this person doing it. Now I want to do it too. And so being really thoughtful about where you put your messaging and why you are putting that messaging out there, I think is very important. And that's universal no matter what you're working on, right? Like that applies to everything. (laughs) Also, I think, you know, (laughs) I think it, it helps to know where good help can be found. I mean, it's such an old adage that you can't find good help these days, but The fact of the matter is like so many of us are working in companies that, you know, we need contract help, we need writers, or we need social media people, or we need whatever. And it's really tough to separate the wheat from the chaff. And I feel like a lot of clients who come to me come to me because they've had really bad experiences. And so I think the way that you get around that is by spending the time upfront finding really good help you know, put your candidates through a test assignment, have some kind of probation period or have some kind of test that you've worked out so that you can develop longstanding relationships with your contract help just so that, you know, you know them, they know you, you're not just some rando coming in off the street or or what have you. I think that's really important because otherwise you'll end up spending more time just trying to manage that. Whereas like, I think it's worth it to put in the work you know, qualifying these people. Totally. And before you share a number three, to piggyback off of that, also don't hire out of fear. 
Oh, that's a good one. That is a really good like, one. Like, oh my God, I need help with Instagram. I need to hire someone fast. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would say before you hire anyone, figure out what your system is and like Kim was saying, what your objective is. So when you do start looking for people, you weed out people who have a big talk, but little game, little action. Agreed. Yeah. That's a very good one. Yeah. I don't know. I guess like this applies to everything too, but I think just really be kind. I have had so many bad bosses or bad clients or, you know, and I think that, you know, as soon as you get to a point where you're managing other people, you want those people to want to go to bat for you. And so if you are kind and generous with whatever it is that you are working on or, you know, your pay, your time, your however you you do it, those people will work harder for you if you are nice to them. <laughs> Which sounds obvious, but I think that, you know, I've had enough toxic managers in my past that have really, you know, been harmful in my career trajectory. And I think the more that you can, I don't know, just take people along your journey with you and be kind and generous about that, the, the better off everybody will be. I love that. I love that. Yes. Hundred percent. A couple last questions. One I like to ask everybody is, "What is your favorite software? Your favorite marketing software, maybe? Oh, hmm. Or app? What's your favorite app or site or software? Yeah, that's a good one. I try not to fall in love too much, just because I think that sometimes that can be a smokescreen for work that you're doing. You know, if if a software generates a really great looking report or you know, something along those lines. I mean, I think sometimes we can just overwhelm people with data. And if we don't do anything with the data, then it's not useful. And so I will say, though, from uh, how I put together my reports, I would be lost without this program called Swidu, which is... I've never even heard of it. <laughs> what is Swidu? Yeah, I I think it's based out of the UK or, or something, but it's S-W-Y-D-O. When it began, it was really just for PPC reports, but it has since grown to where you can add your Facebook ads and your other sort of like organic social. It's kind of an all-in-one where you can put several different channels into a single report. And I've been using it for, for quite some time, and, and that's probably my favorite. Oh, I am checking it out, 100%. And I like to ask everybody, have you ever been on a podcast before? I have. I have never been on one just for Charles Ave Marketing. I've been on many for PicFu. And so this is exciting because it's really my first coming out just for my own company. I've never done this, but let's do it. Why don't you give us the pitch for everybody listening that may be needing to hire a marketing advertising agency? Like, give us the pitch. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned, I consider Charles Ave Marketing kind of Madison Ave for small businesses. And what I think that I can bring is a combination of kind of traditional overall branding, really thinking about that message and that lasting impression, but also all of those channels, right, that we talked about and all of that, you know, analytical knowledge, kind of marrying the two. I think very few people have both sides of that coin or that can marry both sides of that coin. And so that's 
what I like to, to tell prospective clients. And, you know, also the other thing is that I really value long-term relationships. And so I'm not looking for a churn and burn kind of thing because, you know, that's not helpful to anybody. And so I really think that I approach all of my clients as true partnerships and really trying to get to know their business and their problems and their audiences and their solutions. So, And how can people connect with you? The best way is probably just hit me up on email. It's Kim at charlesavmarketing.com. The only social network I really use actively is Twitter. So you can always tweet at me. I'm at Kim Kohatsu, K-I-M-K-O-H-A-T-S-U. So yeah, either one of those ways is a great way to get in touch. Thank you so much, Kim, for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more extraordinary people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. And say hello on social at We Are LA Tech on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Kim Kohatsu, founder of Charles Ave Marketing. We're Madison Ave for small businesses and startups based out of West Adams. You're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Community spotlight coordination by Sarah Tran. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.